good. Yeah, keep it rolling. They're, they're the best that I've ever seen. Right. Well, anyways, we're recording live, so live. We're, we're live, live now. Yes, sir. We're live uh, with Alan Brunetta. That's right. Alan is a very accomplished shooter from I know that guy. Sonoma County. Shoots for West Coast Archery. Yes, sir. He's been a pro for how many years, Alan? Uh, two and a half, three years? Two years. and a half or three? Yeah. So for everyone that doesn't know, Alan is a 2018 Outlaw Champion. He won it with uh, David Hogerton. 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 Hoagie. He's a 2018 Wilderness Indoor Champion. I believe you smoked me for winning that one. Right? Yeah, we were in the shoot-off. Yep. <clears throat> I lost that one. Uh, 2016 NCFA Regional Champion. I remember you were like the guy everyone was gunning for in regionals for a long time. Bring it. Yep. Uh, you're 2017 Oregon Safari Champion. Were you, or it was 2018, Oregon Safari Last Champion. Last year, yeah. Yeah, where you smoked Henry, right? I don't know about smoke, but I beat him I'm with his own bow. Pretty sure you beat him senseless. Yeah, you know what? If you want to see the pictures of that in the video, Stargazer has them on her Facebook. Yeah, I she think that's a video she put that, on yeah. YouTube, too. Well, how did that go exactly? You guys made it to the shoot-off? Well... We both shot the same score. I can't. I don't remember what it was. And uh, like literally an hour after we're done shooting, an hour and a half, the uh, Becky who was running the scores and all that, she goes, "Oh, you guys tied. You guys want to have a shoot off?" Like both our bows are put away, and uh, I was like, "Whatever, I'm down." And Henry's like, "Shit, I'm down." So I was like, we might as well swap bows. <laughs> so we both shot each other's bows. That seems perfectly logical. It was. I wouldn't. I mean, that's the best way to do it. And uh, I was like. Closest to middle, closest right? Closest to middle at 102 yards on Peanut. <laughs> and uh, I won. That's awesome. Oh, it was awesome. That, that, this was, is not that the, was pretty epic. That's not the first time you've shot someone else's gear, right? Didn't you shoot Schlosser's, uh Release? Oh, yeah, we switched releases. And Redding or and something? Redding one time. That's crazy. It was uh, during just the practice money shoot. It wasn't during the actual shoot, but... During the yeah. Pro-Am? Yeah, that was funny. Okay, so real quick, how does he run his release? Hot. It's a thumb button, right? It's a thumb button. It's hot. Damn. You breathe on it and it just goes on. Yeah. That's exactly how Brandon runs his little punch release. Yeah. Yep. Well... Super hot abyss. I'm super uh, stoked to have you on the show, Alan. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know what? Out of a lot of people out there in in what we're calling like high level amateur competition slash pro in Northern California, like I think out of a lot of the people that do this, I think you've probably set the best example for for most people, and and why they should start an archery and and the right reason to do it. Um, and so, I mean, I've seen you kind of help out in your local shop. You spend a ton of time in your local shop and really pushing you know, growing our industry. And, uh, I think that's really awesome. So, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you, and you shoot. I mean, you know, a lot of people can't do both. Got it. You also promote the sport with the, uh, the broadhead shoot. Yeah. We right. do a broadhead shoot on it. You help organize that. Organize it through the shop. We do a big, uh, big shoot. It's more hunting style tournament, but still it's a tournament and getting people out there shooting their bows and, and quite the accomplished hunter. I, I try. As it's a stuff. So so Alan basically has kind of what all all of the aspects of like he's utilizing archery tools for us. He's helping out his local shop. He's going to tournaments and he's putting in the time during during California Northern California hunting season. And I know you, you go out of state for elk too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
As a bleeding heart liberal, we have to both know how many animals have you killed? I don't know. I've killed a killed quite a few. Not not a ton, but enough. Are you like Auschwitz for animal, animals? No. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm an opportunist. I <laughs> I take I take my opportunities as they come, but. <laughs> Uh, you bas- basically, uh, what you take on the last day, you don't turn it down on the first, right? No, no. <laughs> I like to fill. The, I like to eat. That's you awesome. Gotta, you got you got to fill the freezer. You got to eat. That's Dude. awesome, man. So, so the big thing that you know, like I wanted to talk to you about today was kind of how you, uh, how do you, you know, how did you get into Target? Because I know you started off doing. You were a hunter. You were. I'm just doing this for hunting, and then yeah. and then at some point. Like you chose to start going to competitions and shooting a target bow, how did, how did that go down? Uh, well, I've been shooting a bow since I was probably, I don't know, nine, if not younger. You know, my dad bought me this little tiny little bear compound bow, and we would me and my brother and my cousins and whatnot would run around the yard trying to shoot rabbits and whatever, you know, doing stupid kid stuff, which was fun. But, uh, yeah, I've always shot a bow, and then uh, high school years, got out of it a little bit, doing other stuff, and then get back into it, and, you know, buying my first Matthews when I was, I don't know, 16 or 17, and then... Uh, so you, you bought it yourself? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the first Matthews bow you had? Uh, first Matthews I bought was a MQ-1. Oh, yeah, that's a nice bow. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one back in the day. Uh, yeah, actually, at 17, I, was, I worked at my first pro shop over in Santa Rosa, uh, Extreme Outdoors, right out of high school. Did that for a little bit, and then, uh, you know, just kept going with it. And and then, uh, you know, with life and kids and stuff like that, you kind of get, get out of it a little bit. And then... Uh, I don't even know, eight, nine years ago, Hans and Adrian opened up West Coast Archery. So, and I'd already been, you know, back into it hunting a little bit like that. And then, you know, Hans and I have known each other since high school. So, uh, of course, I, I gravitated right towards the shop. You know, back then it was called Avid Bow Hunter. Uh, Hans started it out of a little tiny enclosed trailer. And, uh, yeah. We were doing like a Monday night shoot at my uncle's house, so we'd bring the trailer and sell arrows. I think and... I remember. I remember going in there one time, and like there was a bag target hanging in the back of the shop, and there was like five feet, but you could at least yeah. try out a bow. You know, that's it. Yeah, that was it. So uh, after the trailer, uh, Hans got a little tiny. I mean, the thing was maybe five hundred square foot shop. It was tiny. He didn't have no room for nothing. But I mean, that's how you got to start. And, uh, so we would, we would be like, there's like this tournament thing coming up next weekend, you know, over here in Pacifica or, uh, uh, over at, um, Brioni's or whatever. We're like, we didn't know crap about Target, nothing. We're like, we'll bring our hunting bows. We're, we're like, cool, let's go. So we'd take our, you know, 70 pound hunting bows and go shoot these tournaments. And we're like, well, that's pretty cool about what year was that that had been eight years ago so 2010 2010 roughly um 
and then it, it sunk in one uh one time we shot a our very first flint round at Northwoods with our hunting bows at 70 pounds. And we're like, we have to shoot how many arrows out of this hunting? Like, we were tired. We were sore. We, we were like, we don't shoot this many arrows at a time, you know, mm-hmm. shooting our hunting bows. So we're like, man, we need to get some target bows. Like, we're looking <laughs> around, trying to figure out, like, what everyone's doing. You know, the shop just opened not too long before that. So we're like, we didn't know crap about target you know, we just knew hunting. So we set up a few bows, you know, 55, 60 pounds where we could shoot them for all day. Uh-huh. And, uh... At this time, is it, it's you and Hans? Yeah. And, and who else? Uh, who else is in your crew here? Hoagie was there a little bit at the start. And that was about it, you know? And then as, you know, as the years passed, we started getting more, more guys coming on to, as we were figuring out Target. Uh-huh. You know, we, we all started, you know, bow hunter freestyle and uh, doing that for a while, just, you know, shooting 60 pounds and then starting to kind of, we're like, man, we got to go around all these, all these tournaments, you know, kind of do a little promotion for the shop, you know, you know, telling guys about, you know, West Coast Archery, well, actually avid bow hunter then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was great. And actually right at that time, right when Hans opened his first shop, I, uh, I was laid off of work. So I was going down to the shop, you know, every day and, you know, learning and helping and doing all that. So, you know, helped him out. You know, I was just, I was just there, you know, volunteering and, and, uh, doing all that. So, yeah, that's kind of how we got started doing tournament stuff. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool, you know? And, uh, it's funny cause like what, what I'm hearing from that is like, there was no anticipation, no fear. You just did it cause it seemed like something to do. It yeah, was, it was good, you know, because uh, I've we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from people or questions where people are asking, well, like they're they don't know when they're ready to start competing. And, and actually, it's as simple as like, hey, man, let's go get our hunting bows and let's go shoot this weekend. And yeah, and we, that's what's great about I mean, a lot of the shoots in California. We thought it was great just taking our hunting bows out and shooting actual 3D targets. Yeah, they had an orange spot, but it didn't matter. You know, we're like. Dang, we got to shoot through the trees. Yeah, that's just like we're up in the hills. Yeah. Dude, so you, you guys made this transition from uh, like bow hunter to freestyle. Now, how did you get so good, Alan? Like, because, like, you know, we talked to Emerson. Emerson read a bunch of books, you know, he watched a bunch of videos, he studied a bunch of guys. Emerson took this real, like, homework path. Like, and I'm very curious how you got to this path because, like, anyone that knows you knows that you are a. You know, you're a high, like, you're a 920 shooter, 918, you know, maybe a 917 average. That's about where I feel like I am. On any given day when you show up, it's it's going to be somebody. It's going to be you or it's going to be somebody in our group. Yeah, so yeah. You, you've, guys, made it, you know? you've made it to this level where you're consistently shooting a really high score. And I'm, I'm very curious, how did you get to that point? That was just straight trial and error. Like like I said, we didn't know crap about Target. Uh-huh. You know, we started Bowhunter Freestyle. And, uh, you know, we were going indoor shoot, shooting, you know, regular, you know, standard size hunting arrows. We didn't know anything about shooting indoor, shooting the fatties or <laughs> doing any of this. Like, you know, my first Vegas score was like horrendous. So we, we didn't know nothing, you know, we were, we were learning as we went. So everything was all trial and error. I didn't have anybody there. 
saying, oh, no, you need to try this. Oh, no, you need to try that. Um, was, there a, was there a point where, like, you know, you did all this trial and error, and then at some point you go, oh, maybe I need to seek out or get better information. It's like, did you, did you go, were you, did you use Archery Talk, or did you no. go online at all? No. It no. was just straight up, whatever Hans and I <laughs> no. were. Uh, you hear that, ladies we, and gentlemen? No. No. We just we just tried it and did it. Um, I think Hoagie, Hoagie was the first one to go full freestyle. So then we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to do that. Uh-huh. You know, single pin and the whole bit. You know, I think the first year we all went to Vegas, we didn't have any lenses. You know, we were shooting... Caliper releases, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty bleak. We didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. You know, that's when I think our first Vegas run, it was just Hans and I were like, dude, we heard about this Vegas thing. Like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I was like, I mean, I could take a few days off. You want to go to Vegas? <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. That sounds pretty cool. So it was literally me and Hans. We're like, well, let's go shoot this tournament. You know, we get there and we're just like, holy crap. What did we get ourselves into? Right. This is huge. Oh, yeah. But we did it. You know, we had fun. and But it wasn't till we went to Vegas where we like, where I started like looking at all these bows and like, holy crap. What? What the hell has he got? Has he got a, a lens in there? You know, there's like two hundred dollars for yeah. a lens. Yeah, and like we didn't. It was like, damn, this is a whole new world of archery. We never even knew about. You know, just just what we were doing back home, just shooting the local, you know, three D tournaments or the occasional Northwoods indoor shoot. You know, so it was a big eye opener. So right, nationals is always just a little bit crazier yeah. than regionals. It was nuts. You know. Yeah. But when did when was the first year you went to Reading? Um, I've been going to Reading now for six years. So what would that be? 2013. And that was another thing. We were just like, uh, it was me, Jojo, and Hoagie. We're like, hey, we heard about this shoot in Reading. We're like, man, that's just that's just down the road, you know, a couple hours. Big old tournament, let's go. We're like all right, we signed up on a target, you know, knew nothing about it except for we were going to shoot, you know, some 3D animals with some dots. Um, at that time, you know, it was after Vegas, so I, we kind of started to get our equipment a little bit better. You know, we we had some lenses then and, uh, you know, freestyle, you know, setups and stuff like that, but still was pretty amateur in it. And, uh, you know, our first run at Reading was we got into a great group. My, uh, I'm still a good friend with uh, my buddy Goose. A lot of a lot of outlaw shooters know Goose, um, and his wife, and uh, uh, Gosselin, right? Yeah, yeah, from Morgan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love Goose. Is the guy's so, name is Goose Goslin? Well, his real name's Ron, but oh. no one no one knows yeah, that. Yeah, no one knows yeah, that okay. except for except for now. <laughs> All right, Goose is cool. Except Goose the, is cool. Except the tax except the tax collector. And, yeah. And so, police. You know, <laughs> and as as we started going to these more higher level shoots and meeting people and, you know, learning, you know, like you said, you know, Emerson did his homework and did all this. I we didn't do I didn't do any homework. It was just this all learning try, from just experience, experience. Did going, you uh, play going, any sports at all, though? Like 
you know, when you're growing up, did you play any other sports? No, fat kids don't play sports. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, so, I didn't, so you I didn't wasn't. get your wonderful physique from marriage life. No, no, I I didn't uh, I didn't play sports. I skated. I was a skate. I could. I'll bust out a kickflip right in this living room. No shit. Oh yeah, give me a skateboard. Oh, I can coast. I can, yeah, I can longboard. Pretty, yeah. No, so yeah, I didn't. No, so, at what no point in your in this did you like? Did you take it more seriously, and then did, like started coming? Did you at some point give yourself some sort of process? Um, how, how did you start to develop these fundamentals, or, or what were your fundamentals that 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 you had? Like at least, yeah, I'm gonna I, do like I'm gonna you know when you start doing this target thing, like yeah, we're gonna go out and shoot, but is there like things that you focused on? At what point did you develop, like, your shot process? It was probably, I can't even remember what year it was, but one year I went to uh, Vegas. There was, it wasn't the first year. It might have been the second or third year going to Vegas. Probably the second year. And, uh, I don't know, day one or something like that. Or, no, day two probably. Due to my target panic just went through the roof just out of nowhere and like i literally i could not for the life of me put that pin in the yellow dot and squeeze the trigger i was drive-bying i was punching it was horrible like what yeah it was it was and you were the last person i ever would have thought i had had target i had target panic bad no shit bad and i knew it too i'm like just put it Put the pin in the middle. <laughs> just put it in the middle. <laughs> it would not go. I mean, I'm just straight drive by and just just yanking the trigger. I'm shooting reds and blues, and <laughs> it was a hot mess. And uh, I says, well, well, damn, that sucked. <laughs> that shit sucks. So I think probably right after then, I uh, I uh, hung up the caliper release, and you know I started doing a little bit of research after that. And I knew about target panic, and you know I watched uh, you know some YouTube videos of you know Levi Morgan and you know Real Wild and some of the Bone Collector guys, you know, uh, on um, uh, you know YouTube, just trying to figure out. I got target panic, so. How do I fix that? And everyone was suggesting getting a hinge release. Mm-hmm. So I said, screw it. I went full in on a hinge release literally like when we got home from Vegas that year. So what was your first hinge? Uh, it was that backspin. All right. I, I had, This is in my possession right now. It's I have Andal's possession. I have your first. It was first, a, dude, a I kicked Scott ass with that backspin. It's like you have his first pair of shoes. Yeah. Oh, dude, his baby shoes. They smell uh, good. The Levi Morgan edition. Yeah, the green one. Okay, so, so you get this. So I'm curious, like, how, how did you shoot that backspin? Because I don't even know. I can't shoot the backspin like I shoot a regular hinge. I can't can't relax my index finger. I can't pull. It's it's really more just pulling the you like you got to pull on that release. Yeah, I think I shot. Cause first off, I had no one to show me how to shoot a hinge release. Right, you just got to figure it out. I right? can only get what I can off of YouTube. You or just knew you had to get one. Yeah, I just knew I had target panic so bad, and I just needed to commit to this release. So, that's what I did. And I think I only shot the backspin for like a month or two. Uh-huh. And then I switched right to a, a True Ball HT. 
Oh, cool. A little black aluminum one I got. Right. And uh, that's what you take hunting now, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I transitioned to that and just literally in the shop, like, I had no idea what I was doing. It took me so long to learn how to shoot a hinge release. I don't even know when and but when in that time frame before I got it. It literally I would say it probably took me almost two years to learn how to shoot a hinge release. Now if I had someone there in you know, our shop, you know, at after uh, Avid Bow Hunter was the original name, we moved to a bigger building. Uh, transitioned into West Coast Archery Shop, um, kind of more universal name for you know people want to do target and hunting because people thought we were always just a hunting shop. So I had there there was no one at the shop that was shooting a hinge release. You know, it was literally just just caliper releases. I'd yeah. Imagine. Yeah. So <clears throat> I got this hinge release and I was just you know scared to death of it at first but you know you just gotta shoot it literally you just gotta shoot it did you, you ever punch keep... yourself probably i punched yeah. myself like recently yeah. with mine <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah it it probably took me two years to mat i would say master a hinge release you know the that vegas and then you know i brought it to Reading that year it went off a couple times, like completely missed the animals. So it's just all that learning experience before I went, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. Um, it's time behind in, the release. In, in hindsight, time. if you if you could have taken a seminar or like sought out professional help, would you have done it? Oh, yeah. I would have. But I never really thought of trying to find someone because like I said, our shop was is primarily a hunting shop, so I never thought really like, oh, I'll go over and see if, what these guys are doing, you know, down at your shop, you know, Pacifica or whatever. I just never thought of it. I just mm -hmm. said, oh, I'll figure this out, you know. And now the more and more I shot it, the well, I remember, better it got. I mean, personally, I remember seeing the scores out there. I was always looking at scores and paperwork, and I, you know, I'd see. I remember seeing your name up there on the board, and then. Like, to me, I, I want to say it was maybe 2016 where pretty soon I was like, holy crap, this dude just, like, passed everybody up. Yeah. Like, oh, one of the so, shoots I saw, I think he shot, like, a 908, and I was like, uh-oh, who's this, this yeah. a-hole? I came in late. <laughs> yeah. And I always saw your name on the top. So I never saw you before. I always saw your name on the top. Yeah. And well, everyone was always like, oh, Alan Brunetti's that pro guy. He's that Matthews pro guy. You yeah. Know? So you always carried this huge, like, you know, reputation with you. And then... Everyone down here, I don't know about Rudy's side of the bay, but on, you know, the Oakland side of the bay, everyone was gunning for you at every regional and every fun shoot. Everyone's nice. like, all right, we just knock Allen off and we're good. Hey, and you that's know? what makes us all better. Yeah, that's if true. You, yeah. If, you're, if you're always on top and no one's ever there catching you on your heels, I feel you always kind of stay stagnant. That's why I feel like up. we always got along so, really well because during the indoor season... Would really push each other. Yeah, you know, one day you'd win, one day the next guy win, and and for no means am I the best shooter in the county or or the area or the region. Like Wendell's constantly kicking my butt. You have Brandon's kicking my butt. Rudy's right there. Emerson's kicking. Like there's a lot of us good shooters that are I would say like in a bunch. You know, so any given day, 
you know, one person's going to be on top. But then the next shoot, the next person's going to be on top. Well, let's, right. just, so, let's just be perfectly honest. Wendell has sort of kind of stayed at the top for let's not forget, just a little bit. Let's yeah. not forget Mark Rubio. Longer than... And Rubio. Uh, yeah, Mark Rubio. Let's not forget yeah. Mark Rubio. i got to mention him at least once a podcast. Isn't he shooting senior now? No, no, dude. He's way younger than he looks. It's <laughs> it's Davis Wellwater and probably a lot of coffee is what I think makes him look so All Right? Yeah, but... Yeah, that guy. Right, let's yeah. give him some respect. Yeah. yeah, Rubio Rubio definitely makes it Tell you. But I like really what, hard. I like what you said, Alan, because, like, you know, that is true. True, Like, the guys around you, like, if you welcome these, like, high-scoring guys, they'll push you to do better. Yeah. You don't got to get all threatened. You don't got to get all scared about it. You just welcome them in, yeah. and everyone gets better together. And when I was getting started and, and – that time I got to the hinge release stage in my archery career, you know, we I started really going, okay, this this is cool. I like this. You know, that's that's when my going to tournaments was as exciting as if I was going hunting. So yeah. I was like, man, this I You're got like it. I got addicted to going to tournaments where like I'm telling Hans and Hoagie and you know JoJo and all these guys like, dude, we got to go hit up this tournament. Let's go. It's gonna be fun. Let's go shoot, you know, so, and so that's at the time, you're still the only hinge shooter. Is everyone else still shooting caliper at the time, or are you starting to yeah. turn other people on to No, I, I was, I'm pretty sure I was the first hinge-style shooter. And and uh, are you, like, the only freestyler? Like, you and Hoagie the only one shooting? Yeah, Hoagie style? went freestyle, then I went freestyle, then Hans went freestyle. So, um, that was kind of the chain, then kind of. Some people followed later. Some people didn't. So, and so you're working your release. You know, you're, you're mastering this process of shooting the the hinge. Now I gotta ask you: shooting it with a click, or are you going no click? Click, click. And how are click. you? Are you? I'm pretty sure. Like I watch you shoot. And I hate to sound like a creep, but I probably have a video on my phone of you shooting. Oh yeah. You, you come to anchor and click, right? Yeah. Is it pretty as much click? as soon as I anchor, it clicks. Mm-hmm. And. That's how I've, I'm pretty sure how I've always done a click. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have started when I f- first started shooting a hinge that I would click halfway through, you know, after anchor to right. the shot fires. But okay. I gradually got to where as soon as I anchor and get, you know, my nose settled on the string, I'm clicking. And, then and that, can, and that click is just like, it's a... You're not you're not executing at that point. You're just you're no. just still settling. You're that, still building, that means I know I'm right. It's just putting you into the green it, zone. Yeah. So I think that's important for people to hear because uh, there's so many people out there that demonize the click, and it's like the click yeah. is just a step. That's you know. Yeah. I, in, in the whole process, you know? I, I'm one of those. I mean, if it's people. clicking, if it's clicking while well, it's in the dot, then I mean that's, that's no bad. good. I demonize the click, but I shot your release at the BC shoot and yeah. with the click, and it was amazing. I had a well, good time. Yeah, I, I feel you have to, if you're going to run a click, you have to run a click the right way. Right. Yeah. And it it's a gray area on exactly, I feel, where a click is the right area or not, and everybody's going to have a right way and a wrong way, and mm-hmm. there's no right way, but I feel if you're going to run a click... You need to come before you're even aim on the target. You need to be in your click, because yes. if you're if you're and I see it all the time. I try to help people that they'll be aiming and aiming and aiming, and all of a sudden it clicks. 
Uh-huh, and they go. And as soon as it clicks, your bow, whether you admit it or not, it's going to bob up and down. Right. Mm-hmm. Every time. You can it, see that peep. You can see sometimes peep you can see that yeah. it just goes, yep. peep will, go, will move yep. with the click, it'll go thunk. In my case, if I'm not ready, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right, the second it clicks, and I'm yeah. like, like, where's the arrow, you know? And for the six, first six months of running a click, every time it clicked, I flinched. When I was learning to shoot that release, mm-hmm. so um, even after you get used to it, if it clicks while you're aiming, you're gonna bob out of that out of your target. Yeah, and then you gotta use all that energy and so, wasted time to, to get start all over back again. into the target. That's a really good point. Yeah, where do you where do you uh, do you settle into the target when you're aiming? Like, do you, do you start on the dot or you start a little out of it and then build and then Sort of work your way into it, or you... I try to get, I try to get on target as quick as I can. Um, so as soon as I draw back, anchor, click, I usually want to be right at the top of, of the spot, whether it's you know orange spot for. But you're not like in it when you click, like you're not. Like you're what do you mean? meaning like when you clicked, you're a little bit out of the dot. You're not all. I mean, you're not drawn up on the dot. You're not trying to. No, yeah, I'm a little right bit. Away. A little bit. I always okay. come. I always drop down to the target. Okay. Now, what so. I notice is when I watch you shoot, is the second you touch anchor, and you get your anchor and the string on your nose. That's about the time yeah. it clicks. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of then you get on the target. You aim. Yeah. You get where you like it, and then you start executing. Yeah. I, I've seen that. I've seen that with him. Like I see when you're shooting, like like you're right as you start to like. I can see you start your back start to. Move a little bit there on your your elbows moving around your head there, and then and then you can just see the bow just slowly kind of dip, mm-hmm. and then it just set, settles, and then it's like boom. So yeah. how do you how do you start your execution, Alan? Like what muscles or like what parts of your body do you engage to get that thing to go? I I'm more of a relaxed shooter. Okay, a finesse so, guy. Yeah, I don't, and I've tried it every which way of Sunday. I've tried to shoot a hinge. I mean, I'm just, aggressively. I'm just pulling on the thing, and it, I'm shaking, and it's not going off, you know. To then where I'm just, you know, just holding it nice and loose, and just, you know, letting my index finger just slowly kind of come out of the release and letting it fire. So that's what I've always done is just pretty much just relaxed my shot. Mm-hmm. So I come back, anchor, settle in, you know. As I'm coming back, my thumb's already off the off the thumb peg when I'm before I'm even locking into my jaw, and then just getting you know I'm clicking, getting on target, and then just I'm just holding it there, and just subconsciously I'm just relaxing my hand, and it's going off. Nice. So, and so yeah, the, I, on the front end, you just keeping it inside the lines. You're yeah. just doing the, yeah. the like the chance Bobef. You know, yeah. he says it's like driving a car. And just keeping it inside the lines. Yeah, just just focusing on just keeping that dot right in the middle, and then just letting my my hand do its thing, and it just it just relaxes in and just fires. I can't I can't for the life of me keep that tension tight. Mm-hmm. You know I can't you know I keep it tight enough to make it so I don't creep. Right, but. I can't. And you have a legitimate, like, you have a good follow-through, too. Every time you break a shot, you're, yeah. you're following through. It's not like you're stagnant and you just yeah. drop your arms or anything. Yeah. So you definitely are putting tension, like, front and back. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's always just, it, I would just say it's it's a relaxed shot. 
That's cool. Just that, relax a little bit, and, and it goes off. I shoot. I shot my best scores shooting like that. That's the way Emerson yeah. taught me to shoot. It was kind of like a finesse shot, you know? And, dude, that's when it worked out best for me. Yeah. I'm, and And some people can't shoot that way. And some people have to... Just keep at keep adding pressure and adding pressure and just pulling right. and pulling and pulling, pushing and pulling, yeah, yeah right. and it goes off. But you know, and and everybody's different. Yeah, it don't matter. Hundred percent, dude. Some would, people change too. Yeah, like I've changed to that guy now. I'm like a, an aggressive push and pull guy. I'm sure I'm gonna revisit that that relax the finesse move too because yeah, there's something yeah, to that. I mean, I've been finding it today, like shooting. Shooting my RX one versus shooting my Prevail, it's like requires a totally different, different set of muscles or different, different actions, right? To make it happen, mm-hmm. you know. So you 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 master the the hinge. You got your black belt and hinge. Um, yeah, it took me a while, but I got there. I, I feel. How about bow tuning, Alan? Is there anything special you do for bow tuning? Yeah, whatever Mark Rubio does. Oh, dude! So it's a secret. So it's some Area Fifty One type shit. We gotta find out. I, I think I mean how do you approach your bow setup I mean is it pretty straightforward in my opinion the, I shoot a, a TRX 38 by Matthews uh, and before that I shot the TRX 7 before that I shot the Halon series you crushed the world and, with your with your 7 I remember your 7 yeah. you were a world beater with that bow yeah so to be fair you crushed with your 38 as well the, the Matthews I feel are so easy to tune uh, I set the first thing I do is I I put the bow in the press. You know, after I make sure the cam timing's good, you know, just to make sure you're in time for the. F- I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, Alan, okay. but I gotta ask: with your 38, how important is it to get your bow on the timing marks on the cams? I don't I don't care that my string goes through the timing marks. Okay, you're going for a draw stop time. I'm going for draw stop that both cams are rotating and hitting the stops at the exact same time. And you, because your draw length is where you'll I'll adjust my cables for my draw length. So as soon as you do that, you know, the string doesn't go through the little markers. Right. And some people freak out about that, but it doesn't matter, in my opinion, as long as the cams are rotating exactly the same. So once I get to make sure the cams are rotating in sync, throw it in the press. I level my string on the press, and then I hang an arrow dead center of the burger hole. Okay. Okay. I tie my bottom knot, tie my top knot, put a D loop on. Okay, get my rest, I'll, uh, then I'll set my rest so that my arrow's straight through the burger hole. And then I set my center shot at 13 sixteenths to three quarter. And... It sounds like you're reading right out of the Matthews man. Yeah. 98, 99% of the time, first arrow will be a bullet hole through paper. Damn. So you got your drawing dialed. Is what I imagine. You yeah. know what your draw length is. Yeah, twenty-eight and three-quarter. What about uh, your D loop? Do you do you pay much? Do you care much about D loop length? Is that super crucial to you? I think I've tied so many D loops on my own bows that I never measure. I just know. You just know. What you feels know, good. as when I'm tying them up and I got my little loop before I cinch it in, I go, yeah, it looks about. You know, I eyeball it. You know, it looks about right. I don't pre-cut a piece. Um, so what would you eyeball it at? Thirty-six millimeters. 
Shoot, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's about it's like and a gentlemen. seven sixteen and a fifth. Yeah, yeah. it's about this much. It's like a twenty seven. <laughs> so okay, so you just got a comfortable D loop. Yeah, do you it, run them long? No, I I I would Me, imagine. I, I bet you my D loops are about three quarters of an inch. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Pretty run of the mill. Yeah, pretty average. You know, but Matthew straight through the burger. Center shot at 13 sixteenths to three quarter. 98% of the time, your first arrow is going to be a bullet hole. Your first arrow. My first arrow. Yeah. So uh, if I have to do any tweaking, I will then go straight to... I don't I don't ever want to get out of that 13 sixteenths to three quarter inch center shot. Okay. If it's got to go more or less, I won't ever move my rest more than like a sixteenth off of that. So are you um, just top hatting everything? Yeah. And then I'll go straight to the top hat system. Matthews has a I think one of the best uh cam shimming devices, I guess you would call them. They're what, called, what they're Alan, called a top hat. What system. Alan's trying to explain is uh they make they make a top hat tuning kit and basically they're they look like little top hats, you know, from like, you know, the Monopoly man. And it, they they cradle the axle and go up against the bearing mm-hmm. in the cam. It's from the and Monopoly you can, man. You, you, you can shift them. I like they, the they come barrel. in sets, and so you can shift them right or left. So, right, yeah. right. You know, and I have to agree with you, Alan. I'm a guy that shot every bow. I'm a bow whore. So, and I like so top hats. so easy. The top hats, uh, not knocking any other brand bows. Anyone that's shooting archery, I love it. Don't matter what bows, what equipment you're shooting, as long as you're shooting, it's good. Mm-hmm. But some of the other bows, you go and take the axle out, and if you don't have your hands underneath the cams, you can't catch all the shims that fall out. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got a yard sale on the floor <laughs> full of, of cam shims. <laughs> and then you got to remember how many go on the right side, how many go on the left side. You got to get your caliper out. You, you got to measure and all that, but. The Matthew system, the top hat system is just, it's so easy. It, it takes all the guesswork out. And they're, and they're numbered. There's like little numbers on yeah, them. There's so hash marks. you can't yeah, really mess marks. it up. Yeah. You, you, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, so. What you, I love is uh, nothing ever stretches or changes. It's always the same. That your strength is always. Machined aluminum spacers, yep. per se. They will set, they will put your cam in a spot and it will always be there. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, Emerson was saying that that should be the future for every bow manufacturer. Absolutely. Just try for is, uh, I like that Bowtech shifting, worm drive. Shifting, yeah, shifting Bowtech worm drive is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind having I'm that. I'm very on. curious how that's going to be after five years of I think, I think wear and tear. I think actually Martin <laughs> had it first. Did they? Really? Yeah, they did. I believe yeah, it. I believe Martin it. has like patents on just about everything. I was just uh, tuning my Traverse. Uh, Hans and I in the shop the other day. I had literally a one-inch tear to the left so I we did a top hat swap next arrow perfect bull hole oh dude I believe it That's you, know, how I, you know what I mind? only had to do one bow this entire year and it was a traverse where I had to swap a top hat I didn't even have to go to the kit I just swipped, swapped to the yeah you, swapped them around yeah whichever way the the arrow was tearing shim the cam that way put it closer you guys that built that traverse. That's not a regular traverse. That is a traverse 
with nitrous tanks bolted to yeah, it. Yeah, that's a that's a Fast and Furious traverse. <laughs> that's, a, that's a top secret. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's some Skunk Works traverse right there. there that we uh, we whipped out. We took a, a new Matthews traverse and put a set of Matthew wake limbs on it. Badass. So we can what? shoot that traverse at eighty pounds. I bet that thing just shoots fire. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty nice. It's. it's is that what you, is that what you have in the bag? Of yeah. Oh, I'll dude. show you later. Oh, we're gonna play with that. Dude, Something that wake is scary. Don't, don't kid. You won't be able to pull it back. Oh, I can pull it back. You think? Dude, I'm nothing but muscle. I know you're a lot of muscle, Alan, but I am a lot of muscle. <laughs> so, I'm, dude, okay. I'm much closer if like sideways of solid shoulder muscle. That's okay. Me. I believe it. Hey, we believe you, Wendell. We know you're strong. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm smart. I'm smart too. He, he's very smart. Um, so, once you've done your tuning, uh, when you when you go to the range, like do you, do you uh, do any kind of more advanced tuning once you once you hit uh, the bells? Yeah, I'll I'll do a little bit of walk back tuning just yeah. to see how I'm grouping. You know, uh, how do you do you mind? How do you do your walk back? Because that's something where yeah, I think so, uh, a lot of people have. Uh, I think they overcomplicate it. Like uh, you know, like I like to do the modified French tune, which is basically, you know, set your sight at sixty, walk up to the close to the target, and then move back. That's pretty much, pretty much kind of how I do. I'll, I'll go like right to th- to about three yards, two to three yards. I'll shoot paper to where I'm shooting the exact hole every single time. And then I'll And you're setting your sights about 60, 70 yards. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually in be- for me it's in between like 50 and 60. So I'll shoot 3 yards, move my sight back and forth to and dial it in to where I'm shooting the exact same hole at that 3 yards. And then once that 3 yards is set where my sight's set perfectly at 3 yards, I'll walk back to uh, roughly 50, 55 yards, and I'll shoot. And most of the time, I'll put a line on the target because I don't care if I'm hitting the center of the dot or whatever. I'm just watching my right and left. It's a vertical line. Vertical line. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a vertical line. Sometimes I still just aim for the dot. Mm-hmm. And I'll shoot a good group where I'm really confident in the shots at that distance and I'll look at that group. If I'm shooting a little bit left or a little bit right, I'll then just adjust my rest a little bit. Uh, if I'm shooting right, I'll adjust my 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 rest accordingly to where it brings everything back into the middle. And you're making very conservative movements, very small movements. Oh, minute little yeah. minute little movements to your rest. For everybody listening, if you if you kind of look at Alan's approach here, it's very simple, but it it makes sense. Like you know, when it comes to tuning the paper, he started off with paper tuning. You're basically, you, you do all the work that you can on the press mm-hmm. to get the bullet hole. And then that saves you the ability to do this type of tuning method that he's doing here by doing a walk back. Cause then you can, with the rest, really adjust your, your mic, you know, your, the arrow flight, get yeah. it just perfect. And every, every rest will have like little hash marks on them. And, I'm not even moving them one full line at a time. Like just, just like half a line, you know, is probably what a, a thirty second of an inch or something. Uh, I've shoot, man, I got all the arrow rest. I got a spot hog, I got a rip cord, blade rest. So usually between those two, 
You shooting yeah. the ripcord right now? I have the ripcord right now. And you're yeah. shooting a, a blade, right? Yeah. What do you run? Like a ten thousands blade? Ten thousands. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever uh, play around with going with like an eight thousands blade? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, my X tens I'm running eight thousands. Yeah. 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 That that's a wild brother's super. Trick. Yeah. Like super. Yeah. Let me go back to that walk back tune. I'm not done. Oh, he's not done with walk back. Do you double check? Do you double check your three yard after you? Yeah, do? exactly. There we go. So 55 yards, whatever. You shoot. If you're right, you move your arrow rest just a little bit left. Mm-hmm. Get it back in the middle, and then once you're 100 percent confident that your right and left good at that distance, you walk back up the three yards, and then shoot that same arrow hole. And then you adjust your rest. Or, excuse me, not your rest, your sight. Your sight. To compensate for that arrow movement. And then... Right. An easy rule of thumb is if you're close, you adjust your sight. If you're far, you adjust your rest. Yeah. I think I think that is uh, probably one of the best tuning methods out there. That's the first one Jim Long got me on. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's the one that first taught me how to do that. Yeah. And that's the only kind of tuning I ever did early, early on. That's cool. So legit. yeah, so that's that's a pretty good way. Yeah, paper will get you get you really close, and but if you really want to step it up the next level, do a little walk back tune like that, and you'll so, be good. Alan, you got the you got the paper tune, you got the walk back tune. That's pretty much you're strapped and you're like ready to go to war. But what about um, your arrow build? Like, how how do you do? You normally just go off a spine chart to pick your arrow spine. Do you archers advantage the thing? Or? Yeah, I. I like using Archer's Advantage. Uh, this year, I uh, stepped up and got some uh, X10s. Mm-hmm. So, as everyone knows, X10s are super expensive. Mm-hmm. So, I spent probably two hours on Archer's Advantage, which is a, a sight tape program online that you can download and build your own sight tapes. And they have an arrow chart and the whole bit. So, I spent a lot of time on there. You know, because I know how how long I need to cut my my arrow shafts, carbon to carbon. So I sat there and just messed with it just a little bit. I said, all right, we're going to cut the arrow shaft at 27 inches. I'm going to use a 120 grain tip. You know, how's that going to look at a 420 spine versus right. a, a 500 spine versus a... 340 or so you cut yours down to 27 yeah i was just about to ask why do you pick 27 is your what's your um because it's pretty much my draw length that's it'll hit where i run my arrow rest uh distance off the bow riser how did that affect your spine though like seemed fine yeah yeah so i like uh, because the minimum cut length usually is like on the on those 420s is like 27 and a quarter. That's perfect. I'm right there. I like breaking the law. I am I'm a quarter and short. <laughs> you hear that? He broke the rules, guys. So I'd imagine your arrow point is really close to your blade rest at full draw. Yeah, I've got a half inch still to spare. Okay. About a half yeah. inch? All right. And so uh, that's where you're comfortable at, the point being about a half inch out. And then you punch the arrow length into Archer's Advantage. You find the spine you like. Yep, I've... I mess with it, you know, going up and down one spine each way, adding 10 grains to the tip, taking 10 grains off the tip, mm-hmm. you know, adding a half inch length to the shaft. So I bounce back and forth, you know. For, uh-huh. You for, explore all options to so yeah. really understand that arrow. Have you, um, have you uh, tweaked with any of the variables in the program, like 
like do you uh do you um check to make sure like the IBO speed rating is set in the program correctly to the bow you're shooting? Or, yeah, or, for the most part. You know, or I found do you pretty much just run it the way the way it says it should be for that particular bow. I pretty much run it the way it says it's gonna be. Do, do you find Alan so I know that when you uh, punch in all your information for the arrow you got, it you know it kicks you out of sight tape. You can use all that. It pretty much calculates how strong your bow is or what kind of power it's putting out. So then when you go to shaft selector, it's going off of that versus more so than whatever the IBO speed is. Did you guys ever? Yeah. So touch once on you that? create, Wendell's saying is once you create a sight tape and you put in the data for yeah. the arrow, what it does is it 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 changes that profile to to com- actual what your bow is performing at, not what yeah. the manufacturer or what they have in the program. Exactly. Is. So, so when you're doing the arrow build, you have, you, you can just take any arrow you can grab a gold tip pro hunter or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, put in, put in the numbers that you get from that arrow and then it'll tell you how any other arrow will react to that bow when you go to shaft selector. Correct. And Alan, you're running 140 grain uh, tungsten points. Am I right? 20, 120s. 120s. Yeah. How do you like them? They're great. They're great. They're strong. Yeah, I, I shot through plywood with my uh, yeah. tungsten points. But that arch advantage, I have had found a discrepancy in actual total arrow weight once they were built. Like what they said, yeah, punching all the information exactly, and then I weigh it on my scale. And it's been off like ten grains. Uh huh. So what do you do in that in that case? I'll go I'll go back on to Archer's Advantage and I'll start adding like a quarter inch of arrow shaft. Oh. To okay. get it to match the two weights together. Mm-hmm. And that will usually get my sight tape pretty accurate. That's cool. Yeah. I've uh I've added weight to the knock when I when I've punched it in. Yeah. E- either way. Don't. But yeah. I'd, I'm probably, I'm probably affecting it somehow that, you know, unforeseen, but yeah, so far it seems to have worked. I'd imagine it's worked for you too. Yeah. Last yeah. year in Reading, you, what did you go? Like one, one of those days you went like one down? I cleaned the second day in You Redding. cleaned the second day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like the talk of the town. The canyon. Yeah. The hard section of the, of the shoot. You fucking cleaned. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. At the time, you were shooting uh, gold tips, right? On yep. Pierce Tours. The Pierce Tours. You were shooting 140 uh, points? 120s. Or 120s? Yeah. So, have you ever ventured onto the 140 point? Uh, I think when we first started doing more target stuff, I used to run like a 150. Uh-huh. Not knowing, just thinking that's what all the cool kids were doing. Mm-hmm. You were running uh, the Pro Hunters, right? Or Yeah, we shot the Pro Hunters for a while. Yeah. That's how I ran mine with 150s. We went the velocity arrows for a while, so and then we started kind of looking into the micro diameter shafts just for, uh, you know, better wind right. deflection. It's hard to resist when the yeah. the mic the smaller arrows came around. Oh yeah, I was kind of like, Ugh. everyone's no, doing it, and, but eventually you got to go. You, uh, I love a micro shaft. So, now that you've got your sight tape built, Alan, what what do you do next? No, you got your side tape. I shoot bullseyes. <laughs> Atta boy. <laughs> do you do you do you give yourself like a like a training calendar, a schedule? Do you like pay attention? Uh, do you do you make man, an I've, effort to practice? Yeah, and, I in the harder tournament season, indoor, outdoor. I usually train harder indoor 
then I do outdoor for some reason. It just works out that way. But I got to tell you right off the bat, it is having a family, full-time job, kids in sports, the whole bit. It is hard to get out and practice as much as I want. So I definitely do not practice as much as I want or need. But I do try to shoot a minimum of three times a week. Uh, I work four tens, which helps because I could shoot Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That gives me a couple days. Back to back. Yeah, I try to get at least one day in during the week. I got a great wife who lets me get out and, you know, have all the time I need. Uh, And my son Jackson, he's he's really starting to get into it. So it's easier now because I can be like, hey, bud, let's go shoot. He's like, yeah, let's go. And I could take him out. Yeah, that kid can shoot a bow too. So that's awesome. (laughs) That's cool, man. Yeah, I've always been like, I'm going to train this way this season and I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then I don't do any of it just because of time and scheduling and right. But you, you keep know, that shooting in there. You get yeah. the best you can. Some days I get out, I shoot like 10 arrows and it's just not, just not working. And you got to call it a day with that. Even though, even though you felt like maybe, you know, you didn't get what you wanted out there last year. I saw that in the beginning, but uh, for indoor season, I saw that in the beginning, but you ramped up like something clicked in your head, and you ramped up, and it was just like three hundreds out. It was like you're not missing a three hundred. It's going to be mid twenties or higher. Yeah. You know? Did that just is? Would you attribute that to just your experience? You know, or yeah, and uh, a lot of it's got to do with with Hans and Adrian. You know, and you know, I help out down the shop quite a bit, so. I have the um, ability to get into the shop whenever, even after hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get in there and shoot and practice, you know, practice and stuff like that. And that's that's out. been a a huge help is just being able, especially for indoor. You know, having a spot to truly shoot twenty yards indoor. You know, sometimes it's hard to find a spot. Yeah, I've seen so, guys that go to the range with their block target and they try to set up a Vegas three spot, and it's not the same. Yeah, you, you got to shoot indoors. Yeah, it it's the lighting's different, peep size is different. You know, everything's different. So you can shoot a three spot outdoor, but you really can't get that true that uh, sterile experience. environment yeah. feeling. Yeah. Nothing like sitting there shooting like three games of three spot, and you're like, damn, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I gotta stay on. Of all the people I know, there's a handful of black belts, and you're definitely one of the black belts that shoot indoor. Well, thank w- you. What is your arrow build? Like, I'm very curious because everyone's got their own little thing. Yeah. How do you run your arrows for indoor? Um, well, I got this recipe from someone else. Okay. And a very reputable. Uh, set of names is the Wild Brothers, you okay. know, Logan and Rio. Um, a while back, Logan took me under his wing and helped me, did a little coaching with me. I went out to Utah and stayed with him for a week, him and his wife and his, his family, and, you know, got a lot of learning done in that in that short period of time. We shot a tournament while we were there and stuff like that, so... Um, I learned a lot from those guys, and right now my arrow indoor build is I'm running some uh, 2712s, 
at 32 inches with a 250 grain tip. So, and it's just been been doing great. You're dropping bombs on it. Yeah. At the, the last year indoor, the series of indoor tournaments. Yeah. You were just dropping bombs all over yeah. the place. Usually the first indoor tournament's a mess, and then you kind of start figuring things out and getting a little more comfortable. And But, yeah, that that was uh, and the beginning of this or beginning of uh, indoor season last year, I switched over to Easton's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like those aluminums, those 27s. So have you, have you tried any of the other carbon arrows? Yeah, I shot. Uh, we shot Gold Tip. They're uh, triple X's for a while, and they did great too. I mean, it's so hard to see if you're shooting one 27 better than the next 27. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like driving a bus blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> but brand X versus yeah. brand Y, right? So, but, be brandy. Yeah, so those that that thirty two at two fifty seem to be working great. Nice. Yeah. Do you find they're forgiving? Is that yeah? Video? Yeah, they are. A That's little awesome. bit. I like the. I was traumatized shooting against you last year at the indoor and wilderness because it was just X's. It was like every shot, every time you you cut an arrow, it was an X. And if you were nervous, it was a fucking 10 almost X. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if the nerves were getting to you, it was still in there. And yeah. I remember when we were shooting off, it was you versus me for first place. And I was like, well, fuck. Like the, that first end, I think you shot three X's. And it was like, well, fuck. And I think I shot two X's in a 10, but yeah. it was two of three. So we had to shoot a second. And I think yeah. you iced me out again with three X's. Yeah. Just like, it well. Was- it was uh, two two full rounds, and it was I think I shot five X's out of the six. Yeah, it was a really solid performance, and I remember yeah. But then the a couple shoots later, Rudy beat me down in Fresno. Oh, Rudy was Rudy was on fire that weekend. You were a madman in Fresno. Yeah, oh, I wasn't that mad. I think they you, should, you he tested beat, you for beat sure. Me, <laughs> I think we went like three ends. Yeah, we had it. We had to go into overtime. I thought for sure. I thought I smoked it too. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Those are good. Rudy's like, what are you talking about? I shot three X's and you shot two. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, I'll just hang my bow up now. I did not say that. I was very yeah, did. Rudy was like, well, you did good. You did good, kid. You're like, what are you talking about? I shot three, you shot two. <laughs> was that a little funny. Yeah, watching, I gotta say, it was the Alan Brunetta episode, but watching Rudy last year at the Fresno indoor shoot was something else. Yeah. I think I got you on video even. That was great. Yeah, you actually, you did you did take some pretty good video of everybody. Yeah, I get creepy when you guys are shooting, man. Uh, sorry, I got like right it. up in it, your shit. You know what? If, Wendell takes if good well, pictures. If Wendell wasn't creepy, none of us would have an interesting Instagram account. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this I don't know, Alan, you made me look like Cameron Haynes on our hunting trip, I gotta I say. <laughs> that I was did. pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Any of the sponsors are watching. <laughs> Definitely, this guy was a pro hunter. So, what is your what are your plans for indoor this year? What do you what do you think you want to do? Like, uh, are you know we're gonna do some of the local stuff? I know you're coming to Bay Area Open. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. do Wilderness and and uh, Fresno. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'll try to hit all all the indoor money shoots that the Bay Area holds. There's a good handful of them. So, you, I mean, that's just the best way you get real life practice is actually throwing a hundred bucks down and yeah and going so and challenging usually go to vegas and indoor nationals yep you can do anything else yeah i'm trying to 
I'm 90% sure right now I'm going to try to go to the World Cup in Rome. Uh, that'll be kind of my uh, first experience with uh, shooting, you know, a 23 arrow maximum uh, World Cup style shoot. Uh, I've been talking with, with a couple buddies that were going to go over there and shoot that. They've been trying to get me to come, so I'm like, you know what? Screw it, let's go. Been looking up flights and all that. Um, it kind of goes back to, you know, that's definitely a, a big dog tournament, just like Vegas and stuff like that. But that's one thing um, I've always admired about you, Alan. And I know it sounds like I am just choking on your dick right now, but I used to tell me and Emerson, we both used to this choke. Is, this is a family show. Ah, fuck everybody. <laughs> uh, me and Emerson both used to say, like, dude, uh, well, I shouldn't drop Emerson's name. I'll just say me. Okay. I used to say that, like, dude, uh, Alan throws himself in the fire. You swim with sharks every tournament. You go Vegas, you go championship. Emerson right? did say that, by the way. Too. You go. Oh, sweet. You go, Cincinnati, you know, you're shooting the pro class. It's Yeah. There's nothing easy for you. You're always going hard mode on every game you play. Yeah. I feel, you know, there's, in the amateur class and stuff like that, I guess you could say, uh, there's good competition, but if, it felt like for me, if I wanted to up my game, I, you know, it was time to play with the big dogs. Because mm -hmm. you could go to Vegas in the amateur class and go home paid. Yeah. You would have sure. money. For I, sure you would go yeah, home paid. Yeah, not, not being cocky or nothing like that, but yeah, I, I feel definitely I could you know, make some money, but, you know, the experiences you get shooting the championship class, I think, overweigh the, you know, maybe 900, 1500 bucks you can win, you know, mm -hmm. you get down there and shoot next to Real Wild and Levi Morgan and Jesse Broadwater and Chance Bobath, all those guys that are top-level world right. champion archers. And you're shooting for that, a, a house down that, payment. That that's yeah. my that's my you know prize money right there is looking at those guys and watching them five feet away and not trying to be the creeper like you said, but be like, oh damn, look how he's shooting that target, you know, and mm -hmm. just you know calm and collective and yeah. just pounding X after X after X. Yeah, how do these guys approach the target? You got to go there and experience that to understand, you know, how those guys are shooting and. I'm trying to learn from those guys and shooting yeah. with those guys. Yeah. I think I think you just dropped like some major freaking knowledge on everybody here because like one of the common narratives so far in this podcast is Wendell and I have been sort of on this like a little bit of this anti uh, you know fake fake pro fake sponsor type person and if you listen to what Alan just said he just basically like he, he, he stepped up in that class to, to get better, right? Everything that he's done was to get better in archery. Not once it, was it about the stuff or the free stuff. It's all about pure, purely shooting. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So, like, for performance, and to for, get better, to get better. Yeah. You know, it's like you pay an, another $300 to shoot in that you're paying basically 500 bucks to shoot with the pros. Mm -hmm. And, and, and he, whether you win or not, you're walking away with all this information, and that's something that a lot of people aren't willing to do. Yeah, that's yeah. You people want to go there, and yeah, they're good enough to go. I look at all these scores, and I'll look at some scores in amateur class, and be like, 
damn, that guy kicked my ass. I'm shooting the championship class. And then, you know, those names stick in my head. And the next year, I'm like, those guys should go move up. You know, if you're, if yeah. you're shooting that good in the amateur class, move up. Play with the well, big dogs. I was really sore. I was really sore in Cincinnati at, at one person in particular because, you know, Wendell's my boy, and I feel like th- there was one guy that, that I mean, he's, if he's listening, he was in the top three of uh, in, in shooting in the flights. I'm not even call amateur. He's a pro. He's a registered pro. Cincinnati, he was shooting pro. And in my mind, I'm going, why? It was, and he shot a 900. And in my mind, I'm going, why didn't this guy shoot in... He's shooting pro division in Cincinnati, but he's shooting in the flights in yeah. Vegas. It's like, like... He just wanted he, to make money. He just wanted to yeah. make money, you know? And it's like... Yeah, you I'm, know, and good for him. He was good enough to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm de- the I was, way I feel is that he stole that third place seat from you. I was definitely thinking about doing that for next year. So <laughs> now that we're all laying it on the table, I guess I have to reconsider. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, Alan's making... Wendell feel... Like completely shitty. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you yeah, get to me, you feel like a sandbag. I haven't done it yet, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just really cool. You, you go out there, you shoot in the hard class, and you know what? It's different. Those guys that shoot really good in the amateur class, they go to championship. They don't put down the same score. Yeah, that pressure is yeah. crazy. It's a pressure cooker turned to eleven. And you I, know? Fi- I figure get get my pressure practice. And then in a year or two, when I'm, you know, still shooting in that pro class and the championship class, now I've had those three years of experience. And then just one day it's going to, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just start, it's right. just going to be different. The thing that was holding you back, you, yep. it's just going to be gone. Yeah. It's going to be past. And some people might be able to jump up in the championship class and have no nerves or pressure and, and just dominate. Right. And to that and guy, that's hey, awesome. Yeah. Good for you, man. That's but, awesome. I mean, I think for I think me, it I need that little practice. Bit of blocker and a little Right? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I ain't gonna Bobby it. (laughs) Free Bobby, all right? (laughs) Bobby Eilers Stoner Jesus, if you ask me. But you know know what? Let's say let's say twenty twenty Vegas for Allen. Yeah, I mean that's you know, goals of mine obviously uh, most archers is to you know make some high level shoot offs. Just make a shoot off at the very least. You know, uh uh, and last year I, I was, you know, that far from making the shoot off in Reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they cut cut the score like a point ahead of mine. But I want you know, that nine hundred. I want that nine hundred buckle. Yeah, I might shoot a Hoyt just to make a run at that buckle. Like, just so I can melt it I, down. I know it sounds funny. But I'll melt it down and turn it into a Matthews I'd rather, buckle. I rather have that. <laughs> I rather have that buckle more than. The money, yeah, because you know, well, there's, there's only a, a handful of people I, that get. I don't and, know that and whether Matthews does it too or yeah, whatever, I don't it's know like what they do. It's but. it's a uh, you shoot a 900 in Vegas. You're that's epic, you know. That is epic. Yeah, yeah. I know two Especially guys. If you're shooting in the championship class, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you're definitely gonna get paid in that shooting 900. Yeah, but uh, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So, Alan. Um, do you want to give anybody any shout outs, man? Or, you know, uh, someone, anyone in particular that really helped you, you know, get to where you're at right now? Yeah, definitely, you know, West Coast Archery, Hans and Adrian Olaf's, you know, with without them starting the shop, you know, a long while ago, you know, I'd still probably be, be bow hunting, but who knows if I'd ever be involved this deep into to the target world. So... You know, they definitely helped out. Has this made your hunting game better? 
Oh, yeah. That's good. But, yeah, West Coast Archery, 100%. And then uh, Logan Wild, he, you know, like I said earlier, he took me under his wing, helped me out doing a little, you know, uh, tuning stuff and coaching and stuff like that, you know, helping me kind of break free into that next level. Now, I know you're tight with the Wilds. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a video of you in Cincinnati pulling Rio's. Were you, like, Rio's corner guy? Yeah, for the uh, uh, indoor championship, The I think it was the USA Archery. Uh-huh. I can't remember. Yeah, I was his uh, agent pulling his arrows. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I love those guys. They're super nice, super approachable. Talk to you. They'll help you out. Well, dude, that's how we feel about you, Alan. Hey, that's it. You got to pass it on. Pass on the information. Help pay it out. forward. Pay it forward. Like I said, I had no one to, no one to show me when I first started. So, uh, usually, anytime anyone's asking me any advice, I try to help them out any way I can. I imagine you put you put some time in behind the bow. That's where you got. I imagine a lot of like your advancement was just putting time in. You know, you're saying like yeah. you know, no one was there to help me. Like yeah. you just gotta shoot. And trial and error. There you go. Oh, that's definitely not working. Oh, that's starting to work a little bit. Let's start doing this. <laughs> that is the secret, people, to getting better at archery. Yeah. Alan said it you, best. There you is, just got to do it. That is the nitty-gritty of it. You just got to get out and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm uh, super stoked to have you on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I know it's running late. We're ready an hour, an hour and ten minutes into this. Yeah, it's so, only it's only eleven thirty. We're good, yeah. and we still got more whiskey to drink. A couple here, more so. cocktails. We'll we'll bust out another one. Well, um, finally, thanks for having. Thanks for coming on. And um, I've always been a big fan, Alan. Yeah, yeah thanks. I think Wendell's my biggest fan. <laughs> I've been yeah. your biggest. I got two uh, black tail gear hats. Yeah, and a T-shirt that's too small for me, but I bought it anyway. And an AV starter pack. <laughs> the AV starter pack. <laughs> Adam Ross you know what? is before working we, his way there. Before we close this up, what's the AV starter pack hey, for everyone? Listening? You got you got to run a pair of Under Armour shoes. Uh huh. And have a Matthews bow. All right. What else? What else was the oh, AB when I built to be the, keto? When I built the AB yeah. starter keto pack, keto jerky. Yeah, the AB starter pack was a a pack. It was a pound of ground beef, a fulcrum release, and a pair of Under Armour shoes. Dude, you can't go wrong. <laughs> it served me very well. Yeah, I think, I think my my fiance is now running the fulcrum. Well, yeah. with that said, thanks for coming on, Alan. And uh, you're welcome. Thanks for we, having we me. We should. I wish we had a little more time to talk about. You know. Um, more hunting stuff but well, next one we'll get into it yeah we'll, we'll do some hunting on the next one uh, but anyways man thank you thank you peace out that will conclude this evening's entertainment 